Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Hey, good morning, yeah. So glad you're here this week. We are continuing Family Matters, the series. So uh, we talked basically, what's the biblical perspective of family? What does it look like? What are we supposed to be like as a family? And, and last week we talked, even in Genesis, we see the order that it's supposed to be. We see that it's, you know, a mother, a father, and children. Uh, and God is over that, and he put that together. It's his design. And if you are following or interested in groups that want to destroy the nuclear family, you want to destroy what God set up. And it's a reflection of who God is, right? The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that is a perfect family, and we're a reflection of that family. How awesome is that? Right? And not only that, the church is a family. It's a representative of the family of God, and we are that reflection, that family. So as we continue this week, we're going to dive in on the roles. What does that look like? I actually laid out last week, I laid out a, um, a list of what men, women, children are in the family. What they look like. What does that look like? Okay, so men, what does the man do in the home? They provide, protect, and give purpose. That's what a man does in the home. That's, that's, now, I should say, I want to start with, right, there is crossover, okay? There's no absolutes of like it's all this and it's all that and women can't do this and men can't do that. That's not true. That's not where we're going with this. That's not what we're saying, okay? If you are single, this is something to believe God for. If you are divorced, this is something to believe God for and towards, okay? You are not alone. Uh, If you don't have children, God can bless you with that. God can take care of that. And there's ways towards that and to do that, okay? Don't feel like this is the absolute of all things and, and, and that you are being shamed or left out. No, 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 no. This is God's design from a biblical perspective. But we walk this out in grace. And we walk this out and realize there's grace in a lot of things, okay? Many people... Even in this room, have been divorced and remarried. And when they've watched God restore and renew, that is awesome. And we cheer you on. Okay? We, the single moms, you are heroes. You need to know that. You are heroes. Seriously. I could not and would not do it. Um, it it'd be so difficult. Uh, if if, if, if Ange was never not with me, I don't know what I would do, but it wouldn't be good. <laughs> um, men, women, okay, so women offer the ability to nurture, nest, and navigate. This is what we see biblically. We're going to unpack what that means. And then finally, kids. What do kids do? Kids learn, live, and have legacy. That's what we want. That's, these are the roles we walk out in family I got some messaging online like, what is this and what do we do about the toxic relationships and what do we, hopefully I'll touch on some of that this week and then a little more next week, okay? All right, so first, I'm going to go in reverse though because 
I hope I don't tick anybody off or offend anybody today, but if I do, it'll be the men last and the women will leave a little happier, okay? Uh, I'm not trying to call anybody out. I am trying to encourage. But sometimes in that process, there's also, we got to call some stuff out in our lives. You know, we may see some things that are wrong. Okay, so children first, right? Children, we, we want you to live, right? So we want you to live, but live well. So th- there's some verses about being kids that I want you to see. Okay, let's throw those up quick. All right, Exodus, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that, your Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you. So first right there, honor your parents or they'll kill you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not what it's saying. All right. Uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you, and you may live long in the land. Listen, my son, to your father's instructions. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. But notice that. Honor and then live a long life. Your parents want you to live and live well. If Everybody here is a child of someone, is that correct? <laughs> right? Everybody here is a child of somebody. So this is for everybody, not for, don't be like, my kids are with me and you better listen. All right? This is for everybody in the room. All right? God wants you to live a long and well life. Your parents want that for you. First Thessalonians 4.11, make it your goal to live a quiet life. All the introverts said, amen. (laughs) Minding your own business, working with your hands, every union worker, yes and amen. Just as we instructed you before. That's a verse we don't talk about a lot, (laughs) right? We talk a lot about verses that says, you know, accomplish all your dreams, right? Right? Uh, verses that say, I, you know, I formed you in the womb and I knew you and, and, and I have great plans for you. And we're all supposed to be these amazing world changers. And we are, but within the framework of what God set up, your way. You know, it's godlier for somebody to live a godly life working at a gas station than it is to try and accomplish dreams and fail over and over and over and their marriage falls apart and, and they never have kids and they, they never finish anything. That, that's not that godly of a life. Say, well, I'm trying. Yeah, but you're trying the wrong, at the wrong things. Do you see what I'm saying? God wants you to live a godly, well life. So, Some of you, you're like, well, I never accomplished this or that. Did you love Jesus well with your whole life? You've done more than most ever have. Believe me, following God and being faithful is one of the best lives you could ever live. People mistake it. People think it's all about taking these giant hills. And part of that's an American thing. And there's good, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good in the American dream. We actually talked about it last week. There's a lot of godliness in that. The design to want a home, that divine mandate to have a family. That's from God. That's by God. Okay? But the idea that we're all supposed to be giant, wealthy entrepreneurs, not so much from God. Right? That, that isn't necessarily God's design for everybody. I'm not that way, 
I'm entrepreneurial a little bit, right? We, we have a church kind of from scratch, but I, I'm not the guy who's like, you know, I have seven businesses and they're all going awesome. Like, that's not me. We have, a, we have a church building committee because I figured out, and it took me too long, but I figured out I'm bad at this. Like, I'm not, I'm not a real estate agent. I'm not a mortgage broker. Uh, I don't know anything about commercial real estate. Why am I doing this? And I handed this to people who know some things. You see what I'm saying? We're not all supposed to be all things. And that's a, that's a blessing for me as a pastor to learn. Like, I hope you know in this church, and, and I kind of act as a father figure in the church. That's normal, right? That's pastoral. That's a pastoral role. Now, I'm not your dad, and you don't have to listen to all my advice, and please don't elevate me to a place that I can't live up to. But, but it is a fatherly type role, okay? And we are brothers and sisters. That being said, we're all on equal ground before the Lord. It's not my word and listen to everything I say. But it's not like that here. But, but those roles, they're from God, they're by God, and they're back to God. And when we walk them out healthy and live a godly life, we do well to live a quiet life. Like, my, I, I've shared this before. My biggest vision for Thrive is to be a church someday of three to 500 that's then raising and planting up others if we, if we continue to grow to send them out and plant other churches. Not more Thrives. I don't want campuses. We want kids, uh, not extensions of ourselves. See what I'm saying? If Colin, 20 years from now, lives at home and does everything I tell him to do, that's a failure, not a win. You know, we want you to live. We want you to live a godly life. Kids, you are meant to live well. And, 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 and part of that's just enjoying and living life well. If my kids are always coming up to me and mom and dad, you know, me and mom, and, and saying, Ken, what do I do now? What do I do now? What chore do I do now? There are times it's like, go play, be a kid. Just go be. Be who you are. Live life. Enjoy. They don't have to constantly be running back to me for errands and things like that. You don't have to do that with the Lord either. Do you know that the freedom to be a child of God? I forget all the time that God's like, just live your life well and love me. Stop worrying about giant and bigger outcomes. Live and love me. Live well. And, and live a life that isn't trying to change everything everywhere. And that, that, the weight of that, does anybody ever feel the weight of that? Like I have to accomplish all these things and then maybe you hit 30, 40 and you're like, I haven't accomplished all these things. And it's not because those things are bad, but maybe they're not from God. Maybe they're more your desires than God's. But not only that, are you trusting God with the plan he has for your life? I'll be honest. When we started Thrive, I thought 500 by year five. I was an idiot. <laughs> and it's not because that's a bad desire. Is that a bad desire? No. Is it a God desire? Not necessarily. So how do you live? Okay, let's get an education. If you can. Now, if you're like, well, I'm going to be a pipe fitter, then you go to apprentice school, right? 
You know, oh, well, I want to do real estate. I don't need, okay, then you, then you go to school for that and training in that. But you, you apprentice somewhere and raise up into something. That's what you do. Get a job. Seriously. Go to work. There's blessing in work. If you go to Genesis, again, the origin of all things, before the fall of man, man worked. Just so you know, work is not the enemy of God. It's not a result of the fall. <laughs> work is not a result of sin. Okay, Work with pain and exhaustion, that's a result of sin. But work is from God. Work is good. Live well. Work well. Okay? All right. Get married. Have kids. Carry on the divine mandate. But be past 18 and have a job. <laughs> all right? That, that's it. Live a life before the Lord. And that's true for all of us as kids of the Lord. Live well. Love God well. That, 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 do, you, do you have that freedom and joy to just be God's kids? You know, it's kind of neat when we're little, we get that concept more. Right? Don't we? When you're, when you're, when you're, Glory's four, you know, and she's just, it's so fun to have littles. You know, we, we thought we were done after Shine. We were wrong. We had plans. God had other plans. Right? And, and I'm glad because Glory's the best. But at four, she's not coming back like, Dad, would you like me to work on the taxes now? Dad, uh, I can take a look at the shingles on the roof and see if anything needs to be done there. You know, like, no. Just, just play and enjoy life. And she does that. She just learns, like, be our child and live well. How many of us feel this burden and this mandate on ourselves that God didn't put on us to work to ascend some kind of hill that we'll never accomplish. Right? Work to live, right? Don't live to... Right. Do you have a great marriage for the kids or for the honor of God? Do you pursue a job because... We need to work and we need to pay the bills. Do you pursue a job because I'm going to accomplish this and I'm going to accomplish this? Dreams are good. Goals are great. And hunger, a good hunger is a good thing. But hunger, hunger for a great work or career can turn into obsession. And then we stop from living well to barely living. Do you see what I mean? Kids, man, live well. Live well. Learn. Here's, here's what you don't have to do in living well. You'll, you'll like these. Here's what you don't have to do. You don't have to carry on your parents' unfulfilled dreams. That is not living well. Like, you're going to be a dancer someday. Because I should have been. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You know? <laughs> Just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. I had to counsel so many of Howie's kids. No, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. Right? We, we, we do that, right? We, we, but unintentionally, we do. I've talked with my kids multiple times. Like, they don't have to go. In, I don't care what you do in your career. Just follow Jesus with your life. Really, be a janitor, but love Jesus with all you got. Now, that being said, do I want more for them than that? I mean, yeah, in the fact that I don't want them to struggle. 
I don't want them to financially hurt, but do I really care what they do? Nope, I don't. Just live well. Love Jesus with all you got. And you know what? Like three of them right now say they want to go into some form of the ministry. And I'm also even like even that with an open hand. Like if if things change, it's okay. Love Jesus. There's been numerous times in my life. I've been ministry, full-time ministry, almost 25 years now. There's been a few times I've been like, maybe I could sell cars. <laughs> you know, or maybe anything else, because it's hard at times. Uh, and, and usually it's not because it's more so all because of me, not other people. Like, I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel good enough. And then what's kind of neat is even in those times, the Lord reminds me, serving me is good. Being my son and my daughter's better. You don't have to accomplish your parents' broken dreams. That's not your call. And some of you may feel that way. And I encourage you, you know, great counseling, stop it. <laughs> um, just don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go into certain fields to please them. And, 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 and like, well, they always wanted me to be a lawyer. That's, that's, not, as, that's not as popular in Western culture anymore sometimes. Um, it's definitely popular in, in non-white cultures like you do this uh, in, in many, not all, but, but many. Um, Reichert felt a burden to maybe go into the medical field or, or, or chemistry or something. And, and in the end, God got a hold. And the, thankfully, his parents followed the Lord. And when he said the Lord spoke to me to go into ministry, he did. And they honored him in that. But it, it, was, it was probably more difficult for them than it would have been for us because of their cultural background. You know that? And that's tough. Those moments are tough. But they're godly and they're good. And, and lastly, you don't have to ignore your family's weaknesses to live well. All of us, as, as I've said this many times, and I think it's pretty funny, but it's true, we all have a God-given right to give our kids something they need counseling for. Just take yourself off the hook and realize your kids, as, as amazing and awesome as you think they are, and they are, they're God-made, they're, you're raising them, and that's awesome, your kids are going to have some of your stuff, some of your baggage. It's impossible not to. It is impossible like, uh, uh, Colin and Drew are like me, where we can just go long amounts of time of not talking. And there's been a few times, many different fights over two decades where Angela's like, you're ignoring me. And I'm like, no, I'm just playing sport themes in my head. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's how, or I just, I won't, you're like, man, well, you talk a lot on Sundays, right? Because I don't talk at all during the week. Like, it's just, I'm just not, I, I'm just, I'm not that way. I don't verbalize all my thoughts, you know? It, it, and it's just different. And, and there's a positive side to that. Like, sometimes I get, keep myself out of trouble by not talking. Sometimes I don't. But um, <laughs> uh, sometimes I get myself in trouble. But they have that. They have a similarity in that. And there's a downside to that and an upside. I pass that down. That's from me. Do you see what I mean? That's going to happen. Okay? And you don't have to ignore that. And you're going to have to work some of that stuff out into adulthood. And if you think that I've got to deal with that before I have kids, no. 
No, you will not get to heaven sinless. Okay, you get perfected, but you don't become perfect this side of heaven. And it, you, you deal with a chunk of baggage before you get married. But you're never going to get rid of it all. And you know what you're going to find? Five years, seven years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years of marriage. And keep going. Bobby and, and Bobby and Paul, you guys have been married for a minute, right? <laughs> How many years? Forty-five, Okay. <laughs> My parents is a 52, 54 years, right? And what was the moment you crossed and had no more baggage with each other? What year did that happen in, right? It doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen. No, but, but, but you do your best to deal with it over the years. How should you learn as you grow up over the years? How do you learn? Posture yourself in just a position to stay teachable and grow before this. So you don't have to ignore the problems, but take the good and leave as much bad as you can. And over the years, when it comes back up, you're like, there's a new layer of some of the brokenness I was passed down and, and learn from it. But you know what you also do? You honor as much as you can, and you realize the older you get, most parents know this, the older you get, the more you understand my parents really were doing their best. Now, some of you can't say that, and I know that. I'm going to address that in a second. But many of us, maybe most of us, can say my parents really did their best. Some of you might be like, and their best really sucked. <laughs> and some of you might be saying, they did. You know, it's just, it's just still difficult. So let's talk about that for just a second. Maybe you have parents that, they were, they were brutal on you. You had abusive parents. Some, I mean, there's been fathers who sexually abused their daughters. And in that sense, do you find the good? Here's what I say. You don't have to honor that. You don't have to honor that person. What you don't, we are a people of honor, right? That's what godly people do. But do I have to talk about, you know, a person who did that to me in positive lights all the time? No, no. But you also don't have to say abuse has me. You see the difference? You do talk about those things in the right ways with the right people at the right time to bring healing into your life. And you don't go back to that person and think, um, I'm just going to ignore everything that was wrong. No. But there does come a season where we deal with it and we say, all right, I'm going to now put it to the side and put it to rest and forgive and take what I can. Joyce Meyer has an interesting story. Um, whether you're a fan of her ministry or not, Joyce Meyer, her dad, for many years, sexually abused her, her biological father. Horrific. Horrific. And in his late years in life, she, has a, she grew a very large, successful ministry. Very large. Some of you are big fans of hers. I think some of you just recently went to her conference, right? A few ladies did, right? Yeah. In her late years in life, God speaks to her. And says, take care of your parents. And she doesn't want to, and rightfully so. She ends up building them a house to live in. And I think in his final years, or final weeks even, minutes. Man, it's powerful. He apologizes to her and accepts Christ into his life. 
No, no moment does she gloss over what she did. Ignores now. That is not what we're all supposed to do. That's not necessarily finding your abuser and building them a house or inviting them into your life. That is not what I'm saying. That's her story, how God worked that out and her thing. We, we are a people of honor. I want to say this. Honor is not something we offer. Honor is something we offer, not just payment due. Okay? We honor people by words. But sometimes honor isn't saying they're good, they're great, let me find the good in an abuser. Sometimes it's just not saying anything. Sometimes I'm not going to invite everybody into my pain and my past. And not everybody's worthy of that. You need to know that. You don't need to tell everybody your, your broken story. Because not every, that's casting your pearls before swine. Not everybody's worthy of that. doesn't mean you need to be ashamed of it. It means not everybody's safe, and that's okay. It's learning that. Okay, but you are putting yourself in a place to learn from family of taking what I can and what was good and leaving what wasn't. God got a hold of my parent, my dad, later in life when I was like 13, 14. Before that, he, he was a good dad. He was there, but he struggled with some anger and things like that. Here's what he doesn't want me to probably tell you this, but what he doesn't, like, they came from the inner city, and his dad, I mean, we would say now it was just flat-out physical abuse, right? Inside of a, a like, an inner tube of a tire came at your head one day, almost took your eye out. Back then, that was called Parenting 101. Dobson wrote a book on that back then. Like, this is how we parent our kids. We just knock them around till they obey. But, but that was normal. He didn't do that to me. See what I'm saying? And we move further and do even better. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I watch God's grace work out in his life. And now my parents literally, every, like this was a dream in my heart. Now this is from God and for all of our church. This isn't Brian's church, but this was a dream in my heart to start a church. They're here every week and they pour money and time and energy and make our dreams happen. Not too many people in their 40s can say that. God redeems, lives to learn and grow. That's awesome. It's unbelievable. They watch my kids all the time for free. It is the best ever. You have no idea. They drive our kids around. Like, I, I don't even parent anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, so I want you to, I just want, are you understanding, like, the difference between how I honor and how I don't? What deserves honor and what, what is basically, I'm just going to hold my tongue on that one. Don't hold it everywhere, okay? Don't ignore it. Don't ignore your problems and your past, okay? Learn from them. Grow from them. And I'm going to tell you something. It's lifelong. It's not, it's not going to be done one day. You're just going to go deeper and deeper. You're going to get better. You're never going to get perfect. And that's good. Okay, we're going to keep going. i got so much material this week, it's ridiculous. Um, how to legacy. <laughs> how to legacy. If you're a kid, how to legacy. Follow Jesus. Here, here's the best statement of it all. Follow Jesus faithfully, wholly, and contagiously. I'll say it again. You want to leave a legacy for your parents? You want to carry a godly legacy on? Follow Jesus faithfully, wholly, and contagiously. Another legacy. Break the chains and the curses they did pass down. Break them. 
Exodus 34, 7. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I don't excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents on their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children of the third and fourth generations. Now, you should know something. We are under a new covenant. When you break a curse, it's done. You're like, oh, it came back. No. <laughs> what you're stuck on is habits and hang-ups, not a curse. When we break curses, they're broken. End of conversation. But breaking a curse in the spiritual still has to be walked out in the natural, and that takes time. Your flesh takes a long time to catch up to your spirit. Okay, so when you, we all have stuff. Okay, one word, like let's say one word, just shout them out at me a few things, like one word of things that you, you know of someone or you yourself have struggled with, pass it out. Like I could say anger. What else? Alcoholism. I, Cassidy's a raging alcoholic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It can be passed down. What else? Lust, control, lying, guilt, manipulation. These things can be passed down. And as you, anybody here discover when they become parents and as the years go by, I do stuff my parents do I don't want to do. Anybody put your hand up. You, you should all be raising your hands if you're a parent because otherwise you're a liar. And, and that's the generational curse you talked about. All right, full circle. Okay, so... So what do you do? Well, the first thing we do is we come to the spiritual and we renounce it. Say, Lord, I am renouncing this in my life. I break it in Jesus' name. I rebuke it and I defy it. And I stand against it in my life. But your body and your mind are going to have to catch up to that moment and learn it. Okay? Now you got to start walking that out. So the next time you're tempted to lie, because that's just what we do. We just lie about stuff. How many fish did you catch this weekend? 20,000? Really? No, seven. <laughs> you know, we'd, like we just lie for no reason. That was the one when we first got married and struggled with that. Well, now I, I can see like that was passed down to her a little bit. She didn't know, but she broke it in her life. She doesn't do that anymore. But at the time she's still tempted to, sure. Right? Sometimes I'll get angry for no reason with people, with my kid. Like, and I hate it. I'm like, no, i got to break that thing, break that cycle. We're breaking that curse. We're doing that. Now, that being said, did my parents do that? They did. And I'm advancing the blessing. Do you see what I'm saying? And we're continuing to stop the curse. You can do the same. That's how you live a legacy. Some of you like, but my parent, and some of you, like, I don't even know what my parents passed down. I don't even know who they were. But the Lord does. He is that big. He is that good. He does know that much. And he can work all of that redemption. We have to ask ourselves, do we really believe he accomplished everything at the cross of Calvary, or don't we? And if he did, it was true when he said it is finished. And if so, we should constantly be walking in more freedom, more joy, more life. That doesn't mean things don't go wrong, I don't get sick, I don't face challenges, things aren't hard. 
It means when I do, God is still so good. And I see his goodness more in those times. And I learn about his goodness more. And I grow into that. So this is true. And it's true in the spiritual too. All right. So we're going to move on to the women's section. All right. Stay with me. I am not a woman. All right. Take the good, leave the bad. Again, I'm trying to teach the word here, but I am not the word. So take what's good, leave what's bad. What you disagree with, put it on the shelf, come back to it later, deal with. One thing the church does wrong, though, is there's a major imbalance. Church, in, at least in the Western world, does one of two things. Okay, we tell women, shut up, be quiet, and sit in the back, and don't, and you're not allowed to speak in church. And we take those verses in the New Testament extremely literally in our context. Or we tell women, you're beautiful, you're enough, you're awesome, you're an angel, and, and, and nothing you do is ever wrong. Thank God you just deal with men all the time. <laughs> yeah, neither of those are true. <laughs> neither of those are good. Those are bad positions. I, I'm pro-women's conferences. Man, but there's a lot of women's conferences who are just like, you're a beautiful flower. What's next year's theme? You're a beautiful snowflake. <laughs> you're a beautiful princess. Man, at some point I'd be like, <laughs> you know. Um, but those things, like, it's not healthy. And that's, that's mostly our culture. It's, it's third-wave feminism that basically says women can do no wrong. All they do is virtuous. Nope, you're a sinner like the rest of us. You're a sinner like, just like men are. You're not less a sinner. Okay? You are equal. If you want equality, guess what? You are equally a sinner. <laughs> so, but I should say, in church life, are women doing better? Yes, they are. They make up 70% of the churches in the U.S. There's a much bigger problem with men. We're going to deal with that in a minute. I'm not going to just beat up men. I'm going to build you up too. I don't like that either. Promise Keepers was a great movement. There's also a downside to it that says, you know, men are terrible. <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's just humanity. We, we're not perfect. But, okay, so nurture. How do women nurture? Men don't do this naturally, okay? Genesis 2.18. The Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That word helper, that is the first definition of the role of a woman on earth. Now, what we understand that when we read that through modern feminist eyes, we hear that as chauvinism, as the man's first. Like, well, first, you're not taking issue with me. You're taking issue with God and his word. But what does that mean? It does not mean second place. Uh, it doesn't mean, you know, be quiet and be domineered over. That's not what it means. It means to come alongside. You are now the other half of him. And he of you, okay? But you are the other half of him. It's interesting enough that in Genesis, God looks at the man and is like, it is not good for him to be alone. <laughs> this is not quite 
working. <laughs> and, and he wasn't sinful. He wasn't broken. But he wasn't complete without her. And vice versa. Your nurturing is a coming alongside and helping lead with him and beside him and your children in a way that you, he couldn't without you and vice versa. Let me just encourage you to don't marry your mirror. If you are single, don't marry somebody who's just, it's all the same, we, all, well, we both love playing board games, and we both love making soup and staying home 17 hours a day, and, and just staring at the void. <laughs> like, no. Marry somebody who's a little different. It doesn't mean you can't share interests. But don't be, opposites, they attract because they balance. It's a good thing. Actually, we read a book years ago when we first got married. Incompatibility, still grounds for a great marriage. This is just side advice. I'm not saying. But while Eve was a huge compliment to Adam, she wasn't Adam. You see what I'm saying? You aren't supposed to be, you know, like, oh, so I don't have my own identity. All of that pushback is from modern thinking, not godly thinking. Stop thinking of this in ways that is robbing you. Following Jesus never robs you. It only brings value. It only brings life. Isn't it interesting that in modern way of feminism, there's great value in, femi- in some feminist movements, okay? But in current modern feminism, everything that's equality is sameness of a man. There's no difference. Like, you, you now have to work at the same job he has to work at for the same amount of time. And for equal or less money. I don't see how that added value. It's the same. Is sameness equality? See, equality should have much more to do with value than it does with stuff. And things walked out. See what I'm talking about? Are you with me? You hanging with me? Okay, hang with me. All right. So... Assist and care for to help. What does that mean? Women have an ability to know, see things, and fill in the gaps in ways men just don't. There's a brilliance in women men do not have and never will. Okay? Women naturally care, communicate, and comfort. This is just who you are for most women. Now, again, what about men? Men don't do that. Men can do that too. But women naturally care, communicate, and comfort better. They just do. In the home. Right? My wife can communicate and communicate. And I'll be like, uh-huh. Yep. Okay. I posted the other day. K is the most efficient form of text communication. <laughs> Some of you are so offended by that. That is so rude. Most of those people are women who are offended by that. <laughs> right? Because it's not enough. Communicate more. There's value in it. And the truth is, over-communication is pretty rare. They offer comfort. There's a lot of times my kids get hurt, and I'm like, is it broken? Are you bleeding? Are you dead? And you're fine. And Angela's like, oh, come here. 
let me hold, you got to understand. And I'm like, I understand they're not dead. Let's move on. (laughs) They say, that's horrible. Oh, come on. Like you haven't, as a man, at some point been like, come on. Right? There's, there's, There's something to, you offer an ability to see things that men can't. Matter of fact, I would argue, I'm not saying this is a full biblical argument, but I would argue if God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, men probably look the most more like Father God if they're walking it out well, if they're doing well. Women look more like the Holy Spirit because of the ability to see and move and be, and matter of fact, I think it's why more women are open to the things of the Spirit than men are. Men are much more like, if they're hungry for God, it's like, I want to be in the Word, which is great. But you also need the Holy Spirit. It's actually the Holy Spirit who reveals the Word to you. And as women, women are more open to the things of the Spirit. Often. Not, again, that's not an absolute. But why? Because women have an intuition and a, and a knowledge and an ability to care and communicate. Men just don't have as a rule. Again, there is flux. Don't despise your ability to nurture. It's amazing. You can literally grow a person and feed them. It's like a superhuman power. We can't do that. And yet that's been diminished and mocked. Now, is that all you are for? No. Of course not. All men are for is not for lifting heavy things either. Okay? And some of you are like, yes, it is. No, stop it. Stop. Okay? How to nest. Proverbs 31 is probably the best conversation on that. Throw the verse up. I don't want to read it all because we got to get through this. Proverbs 31. Here's the thing, ladies. We get rebuked all over. You get a whole chapter in the Bible of like, this is what an awesome woman of God has. There is no chapter in the Bible like, here's what it is to be a man of God. Just across it, it's like, get yourself together. You know, in the whole book. But we don't get a chapter. You get a whole chapter in the Bible. We get random rebuke and bad models besides Jesus. Like, don't be like David, because, man, did he screw it up. <laughs> you know, here's what it is. And, and she brings him good, not harm, finds wool and flax. Make sure you're doing that, wool and flax, okay? Um, and busily spins it. Basically, though, you're going to see she takes care of her home, she takes care of her kids, and she makes some money. There's give and take on all this, okay? No woman is the perfect Proverbs 31 woman 24-7. But one of the ways to nest is realizing I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going, to, I'm going to be there for them. Can you work? Of course you can. you got to work that out with your spouse. Some, there are some homes she does better at making money than he does. Okay. Fine. Who cares? doesn't matter. Okay. In our home, my wife is better with the finances. My wife is good. She can make a dime scream for help. <laughs> okay. I'm not a big spender or anything, but, man, she can, she can make it. We're at our first home and pretty much every subsequent home, it's far more because of her. She's better with money. She really is. She's awesome. Thank God for that. Thank God. But we balance because there are times she's like, should we buy that? I'm like, it's a floor. We need floors. <laughs> you know, yes, let's do it. Let's make the call. There are times, like, when it comes to buying a car, every car, I, I'm the one who purchases because it's, it's so big, it's overwhelming to her, you know? And she wants to make sure we don't screw it up. And, and that's 
but we balance each other. That's okay. It's why we don't have a BMW. All right. No, it's not why. But um, look at that verse right there. For all the people who are just pushing that back and feeling oh, sexist, verse 17, she's energetic and strong, a hard worker. That's so good. The mistake in the church, again, is the extremes. All things or nothing. Remember, that was a question they used to ask women all the time. Do you want, do you want it all? But the better question should, should have been, do you really think you can do it all? See, that's the sin of Eve. Men and women, we have the struggle that goes all the way back to the garden. And the devil tempts Eve first by saying, did God really say that? And look what you're going to have. The desire for always wanting more and it can be better. There's good in that. And then there's a demonic side to that that's destructive to your life and others. There's, one of the things with nesting is contentment. My wife designed and made our home awesome. It was not the perfect home she wanted. But she made our home awesome. Everything that looks good in our house, that, that's all her. You know, maybe I was the labor, but she made it that way. You know, I, I can't do that. To me, it's like, it's white. What's wrong with white? Leave it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Utilitarian. It's, it's, it's fine. Women, I would encourage you, you love, but mostly respect your husband. Ephesians 5.33. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Um, he, needs, he, needs your, he needs your respect. He just needs... When my wife builds me up, man, I can live on that for days. I feel so good. Recently, I had something, and she just built me up. And she just waited for me to be built up. Man, it helped me so much. And I got through it so much faster. Those, your words to your husband or, or, or man, you have no idea. You have no idea. And you probably don't because he doesn't say anything. But <laughs> they do. They send him soaring. What tends to happen is women will love their husbands, but sometimes they don't respect them. And you'll be like, respect is earned. Not according to that verse. Because in that moment, you're not respecting necessarily him. You're respecting where God placed him. You're respecting the role, not just the person. Sometimes is he worthy? he's not worthy of respect, but you offer it anyway. Try not to call him out in front of the kids. Do your best. It's hard. It's difficult. Sometimes he deserves it. But don't. Do your best. And you're going you're gonna to watch that he loves you even better. Okay? Um, navigate. How to navigate. Proverbs 31, 26. When she speaks, her words are wise. She get in and gives instructions with kindness. Women see and sense things their husbands cannot. But use it wisely. If you are always verbalizing everything he's doing wrong, at some point it becomes white noise. It's not because you're wrong. It's because he can't hear it anymore. So the sin of Eve is always maybe wanting more and not satisfied and, and seeing it improve. And, and you go so far as trying to improve it past what God can do because we're no longer trusting the Lord. And the sin of Adam is silence and omission and backing away and not being a man. 
It's very difficult. It's destructive. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, okay? Use it wisely. Most husbands, there's a funny book from years ago, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Anybody remember that book? Way back. But it says something funny in there. And it, but it's pretty true um, that women, women on, on Venus, you know, on the planet Venus, they always give each other advice and they're always thankful for it and they tell each other what to do and they're all like, that's so good. And men never say anything to each other about anything unless they ask. <laughs> well, this is often true in marriage. A woman gives unsolicited advice and the man is angry about it and insulted. It isn't right or wrong. It's just differences. Wisely speak into his life. He needs your voice desperately and often, but not chronically. <laughs> often, it's when he asks. And when he doesn't, honey, can I help you here? Ask for directions, honey. Ugh, man, that's such a pushback, right? Have, did you read the directions? Right, and, and, and is he mad? Is he insulted? But when, but when it's an hour in and you've been lost for an hour, share. <laughs> share, honey, come on. All right, navigate. One of the ways you navigate is who you are, just being a godly woman. Your family needs your inner beauty more than it needs your outer beauty. Your husband does too. If there are... And every man can testify to this. There are beautiful women who are internally ugly. Right? Men are just like, we broke up because she was crazy. The truth is she was broken on the inside and just couldn't stay with it. Like, I don't know how to move forward. Who you are internally is the honor to him. But more than that, to the Lord. Does God have a plan for your life separate from a man? Yes, of course he does. Does God want to use you separately? Yes. But he also more and greater wants to use you with him. And vice versa. We are better together than alone. We just are. It's God's design. And we need you. We need you. There's so many times Anne speaks to me and she's like, don't do this. I think that's a bad idea. Man, pretty much every time she's right. And a few times... I, I would say, I think over the years, I have learned, listen to her. I am a slow learner. I am, this is, this. it looks pretty thick, right? <laughs> okay, and it is. I am a slow, but man, her words to me are life to me. And when she says, don't do that, don't go, we need to do this instead. And you need to understand there's a back and forth of leadership. When it comes to our kids' education, she's in the lead spot. I'm not. She is way better at that, and I serve her there in many reasons. There's a back and forth. It's not, I'm the leader, I make all the decisions about all the things everywhere. No, that's not leadership. That's control. There's a big difference. Leadership and control are not necessarily synonymous. Okay? So, women, you lead and nurture. Make sure your kids are cared for. They're not coddled. Okay? Don't tell your kids they're great at everything. They're not. But tell them what they are great at. And encourage them at the things they could be great at. But if your family's all four foot two, don't encourage their NBA dreams. It's a bad idea. 
But it's a dream in his heart. It's a bad dream. You can have bad dreams, okay? Hitler had a dream. Anyway, all right, no, that's terrible. It is true. (laughs) Okay, all right, men. Let's get to the men. And this is the bigger challenge and problem today. I'm going to try and get through this efficiently and not to keep you here for long, but men are the biggest challenge. And I know I'm going to get notes. You missed this about women. And she just said that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Just giving you what I got, okay? Uh, you missed this about kids. I'm sure I did, okay? I am not giving you the whole of Bible of, and theology of all things family. Just giving you what I got today. And we're talking about men in the last portion. And this is the most important thing because it's also the most diseased and broken thing in our world and in the church as well. If only 30% make up church of men make up churches, what does that say about us? Men are where it's broken down. Does anybody know almost any TV shows where the man isn't broken? And it's been that way for 30 years. That being said, it's not that I can't laugh at it. We don't have to get legalists and say we can no longer watch any TV shows or movies. No, but they are last, and they are not good. Way long ago, some of you will not even know what I'm talking about, 60, 70 years ago, there was a TV show called Father Knows Best. That would never be made today unless it was like a trans man. It just wouldn't happen. We would throw it out because that's sexist, that's wrong, that's evil. It didn't used to be. But men are no longer revered or honored. They're last place, and they're considered fools of our society. We have to be godly men in a time of no manhood. It's extremely difficult, and it's extremely needed. Let me just say, I need to say this up front, I do not believe in toxic masculinity. I believe it's just no masculinity or godly. There's no in-between. It's what God designed or it isn't. Say, well, it's just terms. It isn't just terms. It's deconstructing what God made and designed. To say that is to destroy it. So, well, when a man sleeps around, that's toxic masculinity. No, that's not masculinity at all. It's childishness. When a man is controlling, no. In that moment, he's not being a man. Do you see the difference? Do you see, if when we take terms like that, we are actually unknowingly deconstructing God's design. It's, it's clever, but it's evil. How, um, and, and, and it's the sickness of Adam. It says, if you look in Genesis 3, after Eve does that, And it says, and Adam was with her, silent. We don't want to be men because it's going to cost us. It's going to hurt us. We would rather retreat, just leave me alone. No, step up. Let's Ephesians 5.33, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Love his wife as he loves himself. Another Another verse says, as he gave himself up for her, right? I think it's 1 Corinthians 11.3. No. But, um... 
I forget where the verse is, but it's in Ephesians. But that he would lay himself down for her as Christ did the church. Stand up and leave. If you want to be left alone, that's your desire, not God's. Retreat, like whatever you want, whatever you want to do, wherever. There's a lot of things, like when it comes to design in our home, I don't give a lot of opinion because I don't, it's not that I don't care. It's a value, I want what she wants. What makes it a home for you? Because I can be at home almost anywhere. What makes it a home for you? But in other things, like, well, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to have our kids in 27 activities. And I'm the one who said, uh, you know, no. Not that she wanted to do that. But I'm the one who said, you know, let's do one at a time. It's easy to retreat as men. That's what we do naturally. And it's destructive. And am I fair to say, wives, you hate that? Right? No wife wants a man who's controlling and domineering. But we also don't want a man who retreats and surrenders. Did I say we in that sentence? That was weird. All right. <laughs> so those roles, provide, protect, purpose. Provide. First Timothy 5.8, if anyone doesn't provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Men, get to work. Do everything you can. Say, well, she's better at making money. Okay, then work somewhere else. Work somehow else. I know some dads who they are the main teacher of their kids. I know a couple dads, I can think off the top of my head, who they are the homeschool teachers to their kids, and the mom works full time because she does better at it. Right, but the man is there and engaged, and he's going to work. See what I'm saying? Don't do nothing. Don't retreat. Don't leave her the kids and the bills and the extracurriculars and the vacations and the holidays and the schedule and the time with the Lord and the time at church. You see what happens in that? We retreat. We back off and we back off and we back off. It's not to take control. It's to be engaged and go to work. Men are like tractor trailers. We do better with a load. We drive straighter. We are better that way. Okay? It doesn't mean riches. It just means responsibility. Jordan Peterson said the essence of masculinity is responsibility. Take on more, not less. Don't burn yourself out, but don't walk out. Don't quit. Get involved. A man does what it takes for as long as it takes with what he's got. That's what a man does. We are responsible. We own up. Like, man, I don't pray with my family. Start. I'm not good at praying. Then start bad. Were you good at swinging a hammer when you started? No, you were terrifying, and nobody wanted to be near you. (laughs) But then you got good at it. Do you see what I'm saying? A few years ago, a couple years ago, Colin was working for Howie, and when he started, he was okay. And when by the time he was done, he was excellent. Because that's how we are. Men, engage. Grow into it. Lead your family. Love your wives with everything you've got. Give yourself up for them. Give it all. You Be at church. Like, well, she doesn't want to go this week. Then you go and model before the family. I'm in. Pray with them. Ask, like, if she's better with the bills, then at least ask about it. What can I do? She probably is better with the kids. Women are always better with the kids. Nearly always. 
But come alongside her and help lead them. Talk about Jesus. If you're like, man, I'm just bad at everything, then talk about Jesus with your family as much as you can because at least you're making up for it in the thing that counts the most. Step up. Engage. Be involved. Put your hands to work in the kingdom and in your family. Just go for it. Enemies of this for men, the inability to grow up. Adolescence is a plague on manhood in society. And now we had the government tell us for several years, just go home, stay home, and we're going to take care of you. We let them take the role of fatherhood. It's evil. It's demonic. We need to say no to it. You will not run my family. Some of us, sometimes we need a government program. There is nothing wrong with that. But what we shouldn't be is people who say, I want government to take care of me. Because that is abdicating our responsibility. It's not because government is evil. It's because abdicating who we are as men is evil. See the difference? Man, a lot of single moms need those programs. Because they had men who abdicated who they were as men. Don't do it. Engage. Step up. Ask her. Let's get married. If you haven't. If you're sleeping together, stop. And ask her to marry you. If you're married, keep going. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians 5.31, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. The two become one flesh. Biggest problem I've seen, and it's even more so here. It's like a south side Chicago thing. Because like that, there's that, everybody lives near, so many people never leave Chicago on the south side because it's like, you don't leave the family. You don't leave Chicago. What's wrong with you? It's just a, it's a neighborhood mentality from way back, but it's, it's a thing. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, listen, men, leave and cleave. She's number one in your life now outside of Jesus himself. End of conversation. Well, my mom wants to do this and my wife wants to do that. That's not a decision. <laughs> you got a ring on it? You made the decision. You choose her. Every time. Every time. Then my parents' relationship is strained. Then it's strained. I would rather have a good marriage. Now, I'm blessed. I don't have that dynamic at all. My parents aren't weird that way. (laughs) Thank God. I have great parents. But some of you have have moms who are just like up in your business all the time. And it's affecting your marriage. But it's only affecting marriage because you kowtow to your mom instead of your wife. Stop it. Grow up. Be a man. Move on. You are a man. God's called you. He's made you. You don't have to deny it. You don't have to be ashamed of it. Forget culture and what they say about manhood. It is from God, by God, and for God. Go ahead and lead your wife and your family well and with all godliness and humility and humbleness and walk it out. You will be a world changer just by doing that. Pick up your load and carry it. It's awesome and it's worth it. It's not that you're going to miss it. You're going to have bad days. But go ahead and leave and cleave. Do it. Move on. All right. How to protect... The verse in Ruth, I'm not even going to read it because I want to get through and I want to be done. And I know I'm running long. 
Boaz basically comes alongside Ruth, and he basically saves her life and her family by being a kinsman redeemer. He redeemed a broken woman's life, but he didn't do it by controlling her or forcing her into something. He said, can I come alongside you? Can I, can I share what happened this week? Is that all right? So I don't, I'm not trying to brag on myself, okay? This week, my wife got a small fender bender. But we believe most cops are good people. This one wasn't so great. <laughs> and then the, 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 the other person involved in the accident, very not great. You know what? After a few minutes, I just got in the car and I drove over there. Did she need me to be there? No. Will she have handled it just fine by herself? Yes. But I'm her husband. And nothing's going down like that without me, if I have a say. And so I was there. You know what? That cop got a lot nicer. I didn't yell. I didn't get in anybody's foot. I wasn't like, look, dude. <laughs> I tend not to want to get angry with people with guns. <laughs> I didn't get in anybody's foot. I wasn't rude. I didn't yell. I didn't say much of anything. All I did was there and came alongside her. And all of a sudden, calmness. I just protected. Again, did she need me there? No. But I'm going to be there. Does she need me to get the door for her? No, but I'm going <laughs> to. Does she need me to carry the heavy stuff? No, but I'm going to. Do you see the difference? She not saying women need our protection, but we're going to give it. If you're going to get to my wife and kids, you're going to go through me. That's what we're going to be. Do you see? Do you under, is this making more sense? A little more holistic? All right. And the same thing true com comes with your kids. You protect them. Ephesians 6.4, fathers don't exasperate your children. Don't wear them out. Don't criticize them all the time. Don't ask them to constantly do stuff. And don't send them away all the time. Side note, speak life in your home. Speak encouragement. Speak joy. And this is true for kids, moms, dads, everybody. Speak life in your home, not death. Worship team, you can come up. Speak joy. Speak life. Protect them with your words. Pour into them. Give, give them everything you have. And when your kids are grown... Be able to say, as best you could, I left it all on the field. This morning, as we're prepping stuff, Shine walks over with a basketball. But a lot of my stuff was done. She said, Dad, come play with me. Now, I don't know if you know this, but on Sunday mornings, I'm a little busy. <laughs> I got a couple things on my mind. But I stopped and played some basketball for a few minutes. Not an hour. Not even 30 minutes. It's probably 10 or 15 minutes. Because I want her to know I'm with you and I'm engaged. I'm there. You're going to fall short. You're going to scroll on your phone sometimes. You're going to drone off and not pay attention. Look, we're not talking about perfection here. But man, protect them and give them purpose. How do we give them purpose?
There's a thing in the Old Testament we see. We don't see it as much in the New. But there's a thing, and I don't, I don't have all the verses with me today, but a father's blessing. You pass on something to your kids that mom doesn't. And if you think it's not true, what I would tell you is stats prove it. But it's mostly seen in the supernatural. Man, a father who's just at home every night changes a kid's direction. They can't even tell you why fully, but it's proven. I can tell you why, because it's God's design. Where would we be if we only had God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and not God the Father? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he sent his Son. We wouldn't have Jesus without the Father. The Father heart of God cried out to save humanity, not us. The Father heart of God said, I love my kids. I'm going to go get them. The Father heart of God pours out lavish love on his children. You know, one of the reasons I love Christmas so much is just lavishing love on my kids and my wife. Just pour it out. Last year, was it last year? I built the, I built like a dollhouse for the, like American Girl doll. So it was like the big for my daughter. And it's just like, man, to see her face. That thing is freaking huge. And then I went to Jason Pangrass's house. And I saw what he built his daughters. And I don't feel like a father anymore. <laughs> Is it 10 feet? Eight and a half feet tall. He built an American girl. Switches and lights and I'm like, but that's a father who's engaged with his kids and says, I'm there. You see, I know in five years she won't play with that anymore and it'll both be scrap wood. But I also know right now she looks and says, my dad loves me. And he's there. And I was tired and it was hard. I was in a lot of pain last year from my back. And I didn't want to do it. But I love her. And I need to know even when I'm struggling, I am there. I am engaged. Get up. I want to go down swinging when I go down. Even this morning, I wasn't feeling good. Maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't. Those first few minutes of my sermon, I'm like, I really do not feel good. Well, I want to go down swinging. feel fine now, by the way. That's what men do. Women, let me tell you, you're already mostly doing great. Most of this wasn't for you today. It really wasn't. So if there's something I like, didn't I said you didn't like, just throw it out. I don't need an email or a phone call. It's okay, you can disagree. I'm not Jesus. Lastly, I think there's some people in this room today who are struggling with this. You didn't have any of these models, and the models you had stunk. Or you've just been married a long time and it's been on cruise control and you're struggling. Or maybe the layers of the stuff in your life have just caught up with you. But there's something today and you're like, God, I want to re-engage. Some of you are single moms and you're like, God, how do I, I? I'm not a man. I can't give them that. 
But the spirit of the Lord is the same spirit that's in every man is in you. And you can pass on. God, God does supernatural stuff like all the time. <laughs> okay? So if, if you don't have that man passing on purpose, God will give it to you. I promise. He'll give it to you. Lisa will give it to you. It's on your life. Don't be afraid. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Men, go to war for your marriage. Women, go to war for your marriage. He hasn't earned it. No, but has Jesus? Are you staying loyal to him because of what he is or because of who Jesus is? Men, are you standing, are you saying no to porn because, because you, you love her or because you love the Lord and you don't want to break his heart anymore? You have it in you. God loves you. He set up your family. He is for you. And family is the best thing ever. Oh, it's so good. There's so many, I know so many of you, you are great husbands. You are great wives. You are great moms. You are great fathers. You are great kids. But let's give God everything, not just some of it or most of it. Let's give God all of it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Oh